thank you for tuning in to AnchorCast. Please remember to subscribe and follow us on social media at Anchor Nights to get the latest updates about events, meetings, and uploads. We hope you enjoy today's episode. You know, we've been talking about Joshua for a few weeks, right? We've been talking about this man appointed by God to replace Moses in leading the Israelites, right? Joshua is now going to be leading the Israelites, the children of God, into the promised land that they had been waiting for for generations, a promised land that they had been waiting for for hundreds of years, a promised land that they had circled in the desert for 40 years, waiting to get back to the entrance so that they can enter. And now they're going to actually enter the promised land, the land of Canaan. And Joshua, we talked about, before he was chosen as the successor to Moses, he didn't just come out of nowhere, right? He was in training. He was Moses' aide. He was a warrior. He fought many battles. He prepared in the now for what God was going to bring him next. And then what happened is God called him to take charge after Moses passed away. Joshua, with encouragement from God to be strong and very courageous, moved from now to next when he assumed leadership. But this wasn't the end for Joshua. It was just the beginning. Who knows that next for you isn't the end? It's just the beginning. Who knows? Come on. Next for you isn't the end. It's just the beginning, right? Come on, because, because some of you, you want to be the, like the boss now. You want to be the head honcho now. If you can make yourself like the CEO of Google, now you would do it. But the problem is the, it doesn't end when you get to the top. Your job's just beginning. And most of you would be fired tomorrow because you wouldn't know how to do your job because you thought it just ended with you being rich and the CEO. But no, then you had to go to a board meeting, and the only thing you have to wear is skinny jeans with holes in the knees and like dirty AF1s. You know what I'm saying? That's all you got, and you know you'd be out of there tomorrow. See, next for you, it's not the end. It's just the beginning. And, and Joshua, he's the head dude now, right? He's coming up. He's, he's coming up to, to leadership, and he's coming up to his first incredible challenge, the battle of Jericho. And Jericho, it, it's a city, and it's a, it's a mighty fortress of a city. And it just so happens to be one of the very first obstacles that the Israelites have to get through as they enter into the promised land. And those of you who grew up on Sunday school know Joshua and the Battle of Jericho, right? You can probably sing the song. It's ingrained in your brain somewhere deep down. I'm probably giving you flashbacks, right? And, and, and th- there have been challenges, okay? There have been battles. There's been enemies. There's been opposition. But this one battle perhaps is the greatest one that Joshua would face because this one, this one is big. And it could be the one that proves to the Israelites if he is the leader that he's supposed to be. This one can prove to the Israelites that he is fit to lead. See, the problem with moving to next is that you're also moving to your next battles. The problem with moving to next is that you're also moving to your next battles. I'm going to tell you this, if, if you're not continually facing new things, you're not moving, you're repeating. 
If you're not continually facing new challenges and new battles in your life, you're not moving to next, you're just repeating now. I mean, it's like, you know, when you play Little League t-ball, any guys out there play Little League? Any girls out there play Little League? Do we have any athletes here tonight? Please, okay. And you're playing Little League and it's like everyone's five, but imagine if you never moved on from Little League and you're a college athlete right now and you're just hitting dingers on five-year-olds, all right? And just like line drive them down to the back of a, you know, four-year-old toddler. And you're just like, yeah, I'm amazing. No, dude, you just didn't move on. You didn't face new challenges. You didn't move to next. See, some of you, you're in a cycle of easy because you won't move to next. And see, the, 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 the problem with continually moving to next or preparing for next is that there's always a vulnerability because you can, you can never have your act all the way together. Because every day you're facing something new. Every day you should be progressing towards next and you're going to face battles and you're going to face challenges. Some of you... Maybe most of you are facing a situation right now. You are facing a battle right now. You are like Joshua looking at Jericho. You've got a battle coming up. And you need a strategy. You want to know how to win. Because you have a battle in front of you. And you want victory. And in order to have victory, you need a strategy. And Joshua, he was facing one of the biggest battles of his life. And he wanted to be prepared. See, he was a great leader, right? He was strong. He was skilled in the art of war. And like any good leader facing a battle, he wanted to have a strategy. How many of you know you have to have a strategy to win? You got to have a strategy to win. So in Joshua chapter 2, Joshua, he sends spies over to spy on Jericho. He wants to gather information. He wants to be one step ahead of the game. And Joshua was facing this pressure and weight on him and on his shoulders to perform. So you know what he does? He goes back to what he knew how to do. He knew how to fight. He knew how to strategize. So he goes back to what he knew how to do. He looks over at the Jericho situation, and he looks at it from every angle but one. See, Joshua, he's looking over at Jericho. He's trying to strategize. And Joshua looks up and he sees a man with a sword and he immediately runs up to fight him. Like, that's wild, dude. Joshua, he's got that tenacity, right? He's got that warrior, like, feel about him. He just sees a dude with a, a sword and he's like, he's going to come up on him, right? Joshua's a warrior. He's tenacious. He's relentless. And oddly enough, the thing that makes him a great leader is the very thing that almost kills him. See, isn't it, isn't it funny that sometimes our greatest strengths used in the wrong place can be our greatest weaknesses? You ever have that happen? I know, I know some of you in this room are fighters. You will like see a fight, you'll just join in and ask what the fight was about later. You know what I mean? Like that's you. You got that. You got that spirit in you. It's, it's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. It's in you. That's a good thing. God wants to use that in you. You don't need to kill that. You just need to control it. But if, but if Joshua, if he would have 1v1 this man, he would have got that smoke. He would have lost. He would have lost. This was the commander of the Lord's army. But it wasn't just a man. 
It was God in the flesh. See, the commander of the Lord's army is Jesus. And Jesus, he does this multiple times in the Old Testament where he appears pre-incarnation in the form of a man. And this was one of those times. And this man reveals himself as the commander of the Lord's army. In other words, Jesus. See, here's what I want you to see is that Joshua was so busy preparing to fight his own battle in his own strength with his own strategy that he almost missed that God was standing right in front of him with a better plan. Like, I, I, I don't blame Joshua. He's, he was a fighter, right? I don't blame him. It's what he knew. When, when Moses was alive, there was a battle, all right? And Joshua was down on the ground fighting these dudes, and Moses went up to a mountain. And Moses took the staff of God, and as long as he held it in the air, the Israelites were going to win that battle. But Joshua, from his perspective, he only sees, sees things from his perspective, and what he knows is that he's on the ground, he's fighting this battle, and he's going to win. He's fighting this battle, and he's winning. And, and, and when he's coming up on the battle of Jericho, his mindset goes to what he did before, and that was fight and win. Joshua, he figured what God did before, he would do again. Joshua had the mindset that what God did before, he would do again. He believed that the same God who was in his now is the same God who would be in his next. And that's true, but the problem is he kept looking for God to move in the same way he did before, and he missed the way that God was moving in his next. You follow that? Joshua was too busy looking for God moving in the same way he did before that he missed the way that God was moving in next. See, God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, but he's not always going to work or speak or move in the same way in every battle. You following? You following me here? Here's the first step. The first step for strategy in victory. First step for strategy in victory. Find God in your next. Find God in your next. If the same God is in your now, that's going to be the same God in your next, then you know he's there. You just have to find him in your next. Here's what I'm talking about. You may be going through a battle. You may be going through a huge challenge in your life. And our tendency is to face difficulty in the same way that we always have. What happens is we face today's and tomorrow's battles with yesterday's tactics. We face tomorrow's battles with yesterday's strategies. We look for God to work in the same places, in the same ways that he did before. I remember hearing this story, but there was a... <laughs> A huge flood in a city. Huge flood. It was coming through and it was flooding a whole neighborhood. And, 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 and there, was this, there was this woman and, and she was a woman of faith. And she prayed every day. She was at church every weekend and, and, and every weekday that they had something to offer. And her house was flooding. And the water's rising. And, and the floods, it's not... It's not getting any easier. It keeps, it keeps rising, keeps rising, and she finds herself on the roof of the house, and the water's get, getting up there. It's getting up there. 
And she's praying to God. She's praying, Lord, save me. Save me. I have faith in you, God, that you're going to save me. And so her neighbor comes by in a boat. Water had risen. He's, he's literally going through the neighborhood in between the houses. And he sees her on the roof and he says, hey, get in. Get in. I'm going to take us to safety. And she says, no, it's, it's okay. The Lord's going to save me. Don't worry. The Lord's going to save me. And so, hey, he continued on. And it's not long later. The water keeps rising. It's at our knees at this point. And then a search and rescue boat comes along. And there's, there's officers in the boat. And they say, hey, hey, get in, get in. We're going to save you. We're going to take you to safety. And she said, no, no, it's okay. I have faith. The Lord is going to save me. So, that, so they, they, they drive away, and the water keeps rising, and a few moments later, it's up at her neck, and a search helicopter comes with the spotlight, and it lands right on her, and they say, hey, get in. Grab the ladder. We're going to get you out of here. We've got you. We're going to take you to safety. We're going to save you. And she said, no, no, no. My God is going to save me. And she's watching the helicopter fly away when the floodwaters rise, and she drowns. And she gets to heaven, and she's standing before God, and she said, God, I, I did all the right things. I was a person of faith. I, I went to church. I prayed. I, 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 I believed that you were going to save me. How come you didn't save me? And, and God looks at her a little perplexed, and he said, I tried to save you three times, and you kept telling me no. God isn't working in your narrow perspective. God isn't working in your narrow perspective. He may not have the time to try fitting in your narrow view. You have to be looking for him. Because maybe last time he came to you, he came in the form of a door opening and another door closing. And so then you're facing another challenge or battle in your life, and you're looking for God to show up in another door opening and another door closing, but you're missing all the signs that God's trying to give you in your next you're trying to find answers in the same way that God moved before, but he's not moving that way in your next. Maybe God is moving in the form of your coworker having a conversation with you, and it's God speaking through your coworker to urge you into what you need to do and a strategy that you need next. Maybe you're missing God moving because God's moving in a text message from a best friend late at night, or maybe he's using a pastor's message, or maybe he's using a podcast, maybe he's using scripture, maybe he uses a worship song to talk to you. Don't face tomorrow's battles with yesterday's strategies. Look for, keep your eyes on, and recognize Jesus in your next. Joshua was looking for God to show up the same way he did before, and that caused him to almost miss the way God was showing up next. The same God who is in your now is the same God in your next, but he always won't show up the same way that he did in next as he did in now. And Joshua, Joshua, he runs up on God, and he says, are you for me or are you against me? And I can see Joshua with that tenacity, right? He comes up, he sees this dude's got his sword out. So Joshua's got his sword out. And he's like, let's go. You want to square up? And he's like, are you for me or are you against me? Whose team are you on? Are you on my side or are you on their side? And I'll tell you, this is a question that people have been asking God for generations. God, are you for me? 
or are you against me? Whose side are you on, God? God, are you, God, are you Republican or are you Democrat? God, are you for the, the colonies of the United States or for you, are you for United Kingdom? God, are you, are you Baptist or are you non-denominational? God, are you for this church or are you for the church down the streets? God, are you, are, you, are you PlayStation or are you Xbox, God? We've been asking God this, this question for generations. And Joshua asks, are you for me or are you against me? And God answers, neither. God answers, neither. He said, I'm not for your enemies, but I'm also not for you, buddy. See, the question shouldn't be whether is God on your side or their side. The question is, are you on God's side? The question is, what side are you on? It's not whether, God, are you for me against me? He's asking you, are you for me or are you against me? We are always trying to fit God into our agenda. We want God to move this way in this situation. We want God to move that way in that situation. We want him to win this battle here, but God doesn't work for you. And Joshua, when he rolled up hot, God had to remind him that that God isn't fighting Joshua's battles for Joshua's victories. God is fighting God's battles for God's victories. And so he's going to ask Joshua, no, 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 are you on my side? Our second step for a strategy of victory is to realize that our battles are God's battles to fight. Our battles are God's battles. See, the Christian, the kind of Christianese thing to say, right? When you're, when you're going through a battle, like maybe somebody like told you this or, or you said it to somebody, but you said, you said, hey, hey, be still. Know that God is God. The battle's not yours. It's God. And, and, and that's, that's true. That's completely true. I literally just said it. But the problem is the inference here is that there's no responsibility on your end, it's all on God. And what, what that is, it's just, it's just a welcome mat for people to be lazy. It's a welcome mat for people to procrastinate. Well, if the Lord meant for me to have it, then he would give it to me. If I'm meant to do that job, then it's just going to fall in my lap. Jesus, take the wheel. I'm going to take a nap in the back seat. Right? But that's, 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 that's what happens when we use that idea that, that the battle isn't ours. It's God as a way out of our human responsibility of engagement. All of a sudden, we'll check out, and then we're not progressing to next. See, the battle is, is God's battle to fight, but God wants to use you in your battles for victory. He doesn't just want you to sit on the sidelines. He wants to make sure that you're following his plans and his directions, fighting the battles his way. Because if you fight your battles your way and God wins your battles your way, then all of a sudden the glory isn't going to God. The glory is going to you. And your prayers turn from, Lord, help me, to, Lord, look how good I am and look how big and strong I am. The thing we can take away here is God's not going to fight your battles if you're not on his side. It says it right here. 
Are you on my side or theirs? And he says, neither. I believe that we are playing with fire if we're trying to get God to take our side instead of taking his. Because if we just want to take our way, our path, we want to come up with our own strategy for victory, I'll tell you, that's when we're at most risk for defeat. When we try to take the power in our hands, do things our way, that's what's going to set us up for failure. So I'll tell you this, one of the greatest tools of the enemy when you enter into spiritual battle is he wants to get you to believe that you can win the battle on your own, that you don't need God. When Joshua, he sent those spies into Jericho, they met a woman named Rahab. And Rahab hid these spies in Jericho because they heard there were some spies. So she, she hid them from their enemies. And she tells them this. She says, look, these guys, they're afraid. They're scared. They're scared of the Israelites coming in because they know that God is on your side. They know that you guys walk with the Lord. And they are scared to enter battle because they know God is with you. I'm going to tell you this. The enemy is afraid to face you when they know that you're in God's corner. The enemy is afraid to face you when they know that you're in God's corner. But if the devil can get you to believe that that you can handle it on your own, that you can go your own way, then they have nothing to fear because without God you have nothing. Without God, you you don't have victory, you have defeat. See, without God, the enemy's not afraid when you try to, like, break off your addiction because he knew that if if you could do it in your own power, you would have done it by now. The enemy's not afraid when when you challenge him, when you don't have God in your corner, because he knows that you're you're not going to win without God. The enemy, when you follow God... And his plans, that's when the walls of Jericho start shaking. That's when the battles in your life and the enemy and the opposition that you face, that's when they start shaking in their boots when you're in God's corner. See, Joshua, he could have reverted back to what he knew, right? He could have went straight into battle. Nah, God, I don't need your plan. I don't need your help. I got this. I'm good at war. I'm going to take them head on. I've got my plan. I've got my spies. They scouted it out. I've got this plan. We're going to drop in right there, and we're going to get this victory. God, I don't need you. But then Joshua would have lost. Joshua would have lost. But he recognized God in his next. And he realized that his battles are God's battles to fight because God promised him victory. But God didn't promise him victory in Joshua's way. God promised him victory in his way. Do you follow that? And Joshua realized this. And he asks God, he says, what message do you have for me? What message do you have for me? And the commander of the Lord's army replies, take off your sandals, for the place you are standing is holy ground. Holy ground? I mean, look around. Where where is Joshua at? 
We, he, he's right outside the walls of Jericho. He's looking at his enemies. He's in the middle of a battleground, and the Lord tells him it's holy ground. And Joshua, he falls on his face in worship. It, man, if we're, if we're honest, and we're facing battles, and we're facing opposition, and we're facing challenges, the last stance we're going to take is a stance of worship. Most of us are going to be gearing up and taking a fighting stance, but God calls him to take a stance of worship. There's battles in our lives going on. Some of us are, are battling cancer in some form. Maybe, maybe you have it, maybe a relative has it, or a good friend. It could, be, it, it could be someone close to you. Some of us are battling maybe family problems or tragedies. Some of us are battling severe money problems. We're battling identity problems, but we have Big battles on the way. And like Joshua, we want to take a fighting stance. We want to put them up. We want to get prepared. But God wants us to take a position of worship. Our first step of a strategy of victory in our next is recognizing God in our next. Our second step was to realize our battles are God's battles to fight. And our third step in strategy, it's tragedy. Our third step in strategy is to worship God on the battleground. Worship God on the battleground. As the band comes up, get this, get this. God takes your situations and he turns them to sanctuaries. God takes your situations and he turns them to sanctuaries. God takes your battlegrounds and he turns them into cathedrals. Joshua wasn't worshiping him in a temple. He wasn't worshiping him in a multi-billion dollar facility. He wasn't worshiping him in a church. He wasn't worshiping him with a band and lights. He didn't need some extravagant thing. He didn't need the, the right song. He didn't need his favorite preacher to be preaching the right message. He, he was worshiping in the middle of his circumstance. And some of the greatest moments of worship, when I felt God move the most, was not in a church building or a youth group at summer camp or during a Hillsong concert, it was in the middle of the battleground. It was on the sidewalk uh, outside of a Panda Express. It was in the hospital room. It was in a cemetery. Before we face what's out there, God knows we need an encounter. God knows we need an encounter. He wants us to worship in the middle of the battleground because he wants to encounter you in the middle of the battleground because when we worship, we openly invite God to show up. Do you realize that? When we worship, we're openly inviting God to show up. When we pray, we're openly inviting God to show up. When we praise, we're openly inviting God to show up in the middle of our situations, in the middle of our circumstances, in the middle of our battles. And when we, when we praise, when we worship, when we pray, God is going to show up in our battlefield. God encountered Joshua in the middle of the battleground because he knew that's what Joshua needed. And it's during those encounters 
that God gives you a strategy for victory. It's during those encounters that God gives you a strategy for victory. See, we've been talking about a strategy, but that's just a strategy to get you a strategy. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's two, there's, you got to have a strategy to get your strategy. And when you enter into a place of worship on your battleground, God is going to give you a strategy for victory because God's going to encounter you right where you're at, in the middle of your struggle, in the face of adversity. God is going to encounter you. When our strategy for next relies solely on God, then he gives us a strategy for victory. It's in our worship. It's in our submission to him and his will. In those moments, God gives us his plan for victory. It was after this encounter on holy ground in the middle of his battlefields that God gave Joshua the strategy for victory over Jericho. And I can tell you one thing for sure, that plan, that strategy looked nothing like Joshua thought it would. God, he's going to give you victories in your life that you never thought possible, but you have to have a strategy to get the strategy. You got to be looking for God in your next. You have to give the battles to God and you have to worship him in the battlegrounds. I believe, I know there's someone here tonight facing a looming battle and you need a strategy for victory. Now, I really don't know who needs to hear this tonight, but I'm willing to bet there's someone here who needs an encounter with God. Well, I'm telling you, my God is a God who makes walls come down. My God is a God who makes walls come down. My God is a God who turns situations into sanctuaries. He turns battlefields into holy ground. He makes the impossible possible. Look, let's stand, stand together right now. Stand together. Right, right now, we're going we're gonna to enter into a time of worship. Because there's some of you here tonight that you're facing a battle. And I'm telling you, right here, right now, is holy ground. Right here, right now, you can encounter a God who will make the walls come down. We're going to worship in the middle of the storm. We're going to worship God in the middle of our circumstance. We're going to praise a God who's never going to give up on you. We're praising a God who is for you, a God who will never leave you, a God who will never forsake you, a God who is the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow, a God who is in your now and is going to be in your next, a God who's going to give you victory in your life here tonight. you got a battle, and it's, you're facing the battle. God is going to bring you through it, and he's going to give you a strategy right now in worship right now. Our God is never going to let you down.